Hi, this is Jackie Ma, head coach and CEO of Apex Training Gym. Thank you for joining us here on our podcast today as our main focus is on how we can increase your strength, hone your discipline, and improve your prowess on and off the weightlifting platform. It's not about being physically strong, but it's also about being mentally capable and emotionally responsible. As I tell my athletes, be the lion and not the hyena. You got to set chase and get after it before it gets away from you. So let's go. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Apex Training's podcast. This is our, gosh, I can't believe it's the eighth episode already. We've only been like debuting our podcast for a few months. And we have Joanne Ada of Max's Gym. Yes, indeed. Hey, thank you for fetching some time for us because we know it's crazy with uh, being gym coach, being powerlifter, weightlifter, functional training, full-time mom, <laughs> loving spouse. I'm pretty sure I left oh. out five other roles, but man, thank you for being present with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. I wanted to reach out to you and you know, I think of all the, the, the women pioneers of, of our sport, like they didn't really kind of launch and take off till I would say probably mid late nineties. And then I met you at a local competition and the only petite lifter that I, I know you guys hate that P word, but you know, I have a teammate, you know, Veronica Carpenter. I know Veronica. I you guys are maybe, yes. Yeah. You guys in the same weight class? Was it like the 53s uh, or think, something? Maybe. Yeah, you were one way. above her. That's some, okay. I mean, I was a 53 for most of my career, but was she one below me, though? She might I don't think been. she was a 48. I'm not Maybe. sure. I, I can't yeah. remember. But anyways, I think I think you guys were, were like toe-to-toe. I'd get to see my teammates sweat a little bit. <laughs> they don't take it for granted. They're always number one in the gym. <laughs> so we want to know more about, about your background. I reached out to you because there are not a lot of solid women coaches out there, let alone like at the master level and let alone for the crowd of people that you coach. So I'm like, I'm going to grab her. She's like the Joan of Arc of weightlifting so <laughs> to have her on the pod. So tell us a little bit about yourself, a little background. Okay. So let's see. I started as a weightlifter in 2003. I did my first competition in 2004. So I was already 34 years old at that point. So I was almost a master's lifter when I started competing in weightlifting. I started with Jim Schmitz at the Sports Palace and love Jim. Love Jim. Still my mentor today. Whenever I don't know what to do, I say, what would Jim Schmitz do? He's still competing. The man is in like, I think in his 70s and he's still competing at competitions. <laughs> he's, he's incredible. How'd you even like hook up? I mean, like you started 2003. Did you hear some banging on Valencia Street and decide to walk in and see what all the crazy was about? Like who, what? How'd you guys meet? Yep. So I was uh, I was a gym member at Valencia Street Muscle and Fitness. I was living in San Francisco at the time. And I also rented part-time a room out of there to do massage therapy. So I was kind of in the gym quite a bit. Back then, I pretty much did cardio and curls and mostly doing a little bit of bodybuilding stuff. And yeah, getting in cross, some... Cross training and cross, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it's kind of funny because I... I never actually did any squats before I met Jim because I came 
from a running background. I did ran track and cross country for UCLA. And I thought back then my philosophy was, oh, I don't need to work my legs because I run, (laughs) which really in hindsight was not the case. And I'm sure now when I look back that I would have not sustained so many injuries as a runner had I been doing more strength training and squatting previous. That's so true. Yeah. That's you hit the nail on the head there. I actually, one of our athletes was a half marathoner. Um, she was, her quads were sore all the time. And when we analyzed her training, she wasn't running properly. So we actually had to start doing front squats and timing training, the, the power cleans. They actually helped her timing, her timing of her stride. It was kind of weird, but it, it was curio. It's not that weird, it just makes sense. Same with you, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really do much other than, yeah, just kind of messing around in the gym. I did a little bit of bench press, and I bench pressed with my brother when I was in high school. And so that's kind of the way I met Jim because he would see me in the gym and we would chit chat. And then, and he was training people doing Olympic lifting in this small room off to the side. And one day in the gym, I benched my body weight and for a recreational lifter, that was pretty good. So, uh, so, okay, wait, here's the story. I hit, I, at the time I weighed 132 pounds. I was a little bit fluffier, not as muscular, but a little fluffier. And I, I benched 130 pounds for a PR. So I walked up to Jim and I said, Hey Jim, I made a PR bench. I, I benched 130. And he said, well, how much do you weigh? And I said, I weigh 132. Then he said, I'll be impressed when you bench your body weight. And he had these little washer weights on his desk there, one pound weights. So I went over and took the one pound weights, put it on the bar, then benched 132. And he said, okay, now I'm impressed. So at the time, (laughs) yeah, at the time he was like, oh, that's pretty good for, you know, a a female recreational lifter to bench their uh, body weight. So we kind of chatted a bit more. And eventually I actually had a couple of friends that were doing some Olympic lifting with Jim and they thought I would really like it. And in fact, Anne Lehman was one of those people. She was trying to talk me. <laughs> yes, Anne is my master's female mentor. Absolutely. For she sure. is so zen, man. Yeah, love her. Love her and miss her. Intensity on the platform. <laughs> I hate to cut her off in traffic. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, so I had a couple of friends, including Anne, uh, talking me into trying it out. And eventually got around to starting to train with Jim. So started out just a couple days a week. That was 2003. A couple days a week training. Eventually did my first competition and kind of, you know, started to figure out, oh, I think I could qualify for American Open or Nationals and started out as a total hobbyist and eventually got more involved as I got more competitive at it. So when did you actually qualify then for the American Open or the Senior Nationals? So the first time I qualified for American Open was, I was actually at the No Guts, No Glory competition, and that was in Sacramento, right? So that was, let's see, that must have been 2005. So yeah, I started competing in 2004, and then the next year I qualified, and I remember this well because... One, I did win the No Got No Glory trophy, which is this huge trophy I still have that's in Max's gym. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we go bigger, we go. Home. <laughs> that's just, you probably... Yes, and it was pretty cool because it was like 
you only get there was only one person that wins that trophy like male or female right there's only one and i had no idea that i was Dude. up for winning in fact i was gonna wow. lose the competition like early oscar award <laughs> yeah and Anne, good thing you didn't and was like uh i think you should stay because uh and yeah, is so. really good with the numbers she's it's like she's got an abacus behind her frontal lobe or something. <laughs> yeah, but, she's uh, good with that. I think people need to know that normally it takes people like two to three years to qualify for a national competition when you come onto the platform. And for you to do it within a year is, is, is rather remarkable, which is only usually typically seen in juniors or seniors, not near a master lifter. I mean, for you to accomplish that was a big deal. It, it was a big deal. I remember, yes, being very excited about it. Yeah. And I think the reason why I ended up getting that trophy at that time, that award was I had to open with my competition personal records. And so in order for me to qualify, I think I needed to make five out of my six lifts. And I was opening with my PRs. I did end up making five lifts. And one of them was some sort of miraculous, like duck walk across the platform clean. And then I had to make the jerk afterwards. <laughs> and then I made, had just made the qualifying total. And then, so it was very exciting. And then about a few weeks after that, I found out I was pregnant with Asher. <laughs> so I did not actually get to compete in that American Open. So that was 2005. And then Asher was born in 2006. And then I think- That was I, even a bigger trophy. <laughs> what's that? Oh, son. Oh, bigger trophy. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so Asher was technically on the platform with me at that No Guts, Low Glory competition. He was. There's two of you on the platform. Can't believe he's 14 now. It's kind of crazy. I know. I know. That is crazy. It seems like just the other day it was just a toddler. Um, yeah. I think then I ended up, Asher was born in 2006. I came back and actually qualified and competed in my first American Open in 2007. And, and from then on, I competed in many, many American Open and senior national events. Yeah. That's very impressive because people at that time are basically more or less aging out because usually they start in their mid-20s like me. And for you, you were up and coming, a late bloomer, so to speak. And you own the platform. You, you own master records now that have been untouched. And you've actually have crossed over into powerlifting. I know there can be mixed reviews between the purists of ollie lifting. But I think all of us have a place and we're all just trying to get stronger. It doesn't matter what lift you're doing. The rule of thumb is you're competing against yourself. And I think that's pretty epic. I've, I've watched you on Instagram, which we'll make sure we'll put the handle on your, in the show notes. And I've seen video clips of you on YouTube and we're just keeping up on you. It's It's very inspirational. It's highly remarkable, really. When you kind of think about what you're doing, people your age, at our age, I think I'm still older than you, or in it just to kind of stay in shape, but man, you're sharing what you what you know, you're paying it forward to the next generation and you're enjoying it too. You like, you're really having fun out there. And I think this led up to you becoming the head coach for Max's gym in Emeryville, right? You guys, so tell us a little more about that and how, how did you transition really from being like just this heavy duty competitor, which you're still competing, but you're balancing it with coaching. Yes. Yes. It's a tricky thing. Yes. <laughs> Running a gym and being a coach and being an athlete. So let's see. Max's gym. My husband, a lot of people know Max Ada. He and I are the co-owners of the gym and he and I are the head coaches of the gym. Um, I essentially run Max's gym. So Max has a lot of other things on his plate. So he's involved, but I pretty much run the day-to-day -day at the gym. And yeah, he and I do the programming. 
says a lot about your, that's a big deal. It says a lot about your, your aptitude. You know, it's kind of like, if I'm going to be gone, I want to make sure whoever's running my business that it's still running, that I don't come back, you know, one month later or three months later and half my clients are gone. So there's, there's a lot of trust involved and making sure the philosophy is the same. And what is it you think about Max's Gym's brand and the philosophy? What, what is it about it that, that your turnover is re- relatively low with your athletes? Can you explain to us, like, what, what is it that sets you apart from the other weightlifting gym 25 miles away? And your retention, from what I've read and seen, it's, it's pretty good. So I think that Max and I bring a lot to the table because he has more than 20 years experience in the sport. I mean, let's see, probably at this point for him. He started, he started lifting when he was 12. He's, I'm 50, so some people don't know this, but Max is 14 years younger than me. So Max is only 36. So, so despite his young age, he has had many, many years, 24 years in the sport now, almost 25 years. And I have, what, I guess it's 33, so 17 years. So between the two of us, we have, what, I don't know, close to 40 years experience in the sports. In, in both weightlifting and powerlifting, more our, our our roots are in weightlifting, but a lot of we have a lot of experience in powerlifting at this point as well, having both competed in both sports. So just with that much experience, there's just so much we've learned over the years. We've had such great mentors over the years, and as far as our philosophy, I. I think it's probably in line with some of the things I've heard you talk about with Apex training, as far as like being community-based. We, we want to do a couple things. You know, we want help help people to achieve the most that they want to achieve, right? If you say your goal is to qualify for nationals or make a world team or compete in a single local competition, then we want to help you get there, right? We want to set you up to be successful. Initially, Max's gym was started as a competitive weightlifting USAW, you know, certified facility, and we still are, but it was really based around Max started it with like, we had a small team of lifters and it was all about competitive weightlifting and it's still our foundation, but we have grown so much more and we, you know, I run a women's strength class out of there, for example, it's called Women's Strong School. So we have a program for women who have never touched a barbell before that want to be healthy and strong. So, so, so now we've expanded to, yes, our foundation is in competitive weightlifting and now competitive powerlifting, but we also understand that some people don't want to compete and they want to be healthy and be part of a community that is interested in being both, both, you know, emotionally, spiritually, physically healthy. So we have different programs that kind of work for the different people. But I believe our philosophy is the same. We coach at Max's Gym with a team of coaches. So we call ourselves Team Ada. And our website, if you've seen it, is teamada.com. So we kind of moved away from, we used to have maxisgymoakland.com and then Max had his own website and we really wanted to combine because we're all coming from the same place. So, so team Ada is Max and I leading and our team of coaches is all part of team Ada. So 
what our philosophy is, is that it doesn't matter who's coaching you during a certain training session. We know that our philosophy is the same. We have regular mentorship meetings where we get the coaches aligned, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, how we interact with our clients and our athletes. And that it's important to support people in whatever their goal is, and that we really want to be around like-minded people. It does, because it shows more of just not being concrete where, hey, we're a competitive gym and either, you know, we expect you to be at three meets to load the bar and compete locally. And if you don't qualify in three years, uh, bye. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not like that. It's so much like where I like how we talked about the community, how you have the Women's Strong program. You know, the same our, our philosophy is the same in that way. Now, where I look at it, like for example, one of one of Apex's people, she just wants to be looking. She wants to be able just to pop and look good on her wedding. So for her, her her weightlifting platform is being on the stage with her husband doing the ring exchange. So the mindset of, of that is like, that's that's her national competition, kind of like where women's never touched a barbell before. For them, their, their fear of like, they should be able, I look at it this way, any woman should be able to go visit a family member and drop into any gym after this purple tear thing is over, plunk down a $15 or a 20 bill, go in there and start warming up with the men's 20 kilo bar. I think no woman should be intimidated or feel shy, like having ownership. You know, like you, like you say, you have women that have never touched a barbell before. They wait for the trainer to show up. They look at the barbell. I don't know, like 101 different ways to hold a barbell. I mean, how can you not like cringe, right? So I think when we empower, especially women, because men, you know, they just grab and go. And for women, it's intimidating because 80% of the people that are in the free weight room are all men. The other 20% are just walking through. Well, I mean, not that bad. We're, we're Joanne and I, we're, we're the anomalies. So, but I think there's so much to be said when you're able to branch out and be open-minded. You have the Women's Strong, and you actually started a, a children's program, an under-18 program. So that is amazing to have that multi-generational, because I know you probably have at least two, maybe on the touch of three with grandparents there. Tell us more about the, the children's program. Yeah, so we uh, started a youth weightlifting club in December. So over the years, we have had some kind of small programs that never really took off, whether it was just when Asher was younger and some of his friends wanted to do some weightlifting or some powerlifting. But what we finally figured out is that it would be better to not have Max or I be the coach if our son's going to be in the program. That's funny. (laughs) No, it's not funny, but it's true. It's almost like you're too close to home. Like you need an assistant coach that's removed. Now we've got three other coaches other than Max and myself. So Team Ada right now is a total of five coaches. And so now we finally have the That's important to know. That's important to know. That sometimes you're too close to home, your people will not (laughs) listen to you. I told you I didn't want to get too religious about this. But Uh it's almost like, okay, I guess I'm going to go there. But you, you know, that's, okay. all right. I'm well, it talked minded. about one. Okay, thank you. That one book talked about how, like, Jesus is like, oh, even my, you know, like he had to go preach in another city because his own people would even listen to him. Who wouldn't listen to him? Like foreigners listen to him better than his own people, and so that you know, it's kind of weird. It's like it's like you talked about, it's like our own kids listen to like the parents of other kids rather than listen to us. It's, uh, I, I think we start sounding like the peanuts teacher or something. I don't know, but. But that's good information that you actually have a buffer. That's See, for those that are starting a children's program under 18, 
you know, it's really hard. I find that coaching your own spouse is very hard. Like you need to probably have an assistant coach. The brain is kind of funny like that. So that's really a pearl of wisdom right there. Take note, listeners. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You can avoid going down that road for sure. So we finally had the manpower to do it because it's something, a program that Max and I both really wanted to start a long time ago. And so we just decided to go for it. And we've got five kids in the program. They're aged from nine years old. So we've got uh, this young girl named Azaria, who's only nine. And she is in it. There's uh, She did good. I saw her on Instagram, the vid. She did really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're going to do their first meet. We've got five kids in the program. They're going to do their first meet with Kevin Doherty's putting on a hassle-free meet in April. It's going to be a COVID safe, some large warehouse with lots of ventilation. And uh, so the kids are going to do their first meet. So we've got kids from ages nine to 15 in there right now. The program itself is for, for nine-year-olds up to 17-year-olds. And yeah, it's a couple days a week. And it's a great time for us to be offering a program like this because a lot of kids are still, especially in this area, are still on purely remote learning and they might not have sports. No, and this is so um, pivotal for mental, emotional well-being to have that camaraderie. There's a lot of things that are missed now with this social distancing aspect and remote learning, and it's very pivotal. People don't really know you, you, you don't develop your social skills behind a desk and on a computer. You develop by interacting with someone, even if it's six, eight feet away. You know, it's, it's courtesy, it's sharing, it's caring. I mean, it really is, especially at this age. And people need to know, like, you know, a lot of people have these myths that, oh, it's not good for people to train until they're close to an adult because of their growth plates. And there have been so many studies out there to refute that it actually damages your growth plates. I mean, you're not putting a huge load on these kids. It's getting the motor pattern down. It's like hundreds of thousands of reps. I'm assuming that's that's how you have the algorithm set up with the kids. You probably have them just PVC pipe in it for a while. Yeah, and then a training yeah, for bar. Sure. Yeah, we've got a five kilo training bars and seven kilo training bars. So yeah, in the initially it's just important that the kids are getting their movement patterns down and working on the technique of it. It's not as important about how much weight that they're lifting. Yeah. And a big part of the program is conditioning at the end. So they might be doing jumps and I don't know, whatever Dusty has them do. Dusty's running the program right now. He's got the Well, that's around. that's cool. It yeah. makes total it makes total sense because kids tend to jump anyways and keeping it fun and helping those indeterminate fibers to become more fast twitchy. Because that's the difference of shaving hundreds of a second off their whether it's call it in football a combine or something. You know, you're running the forty yard dash, sometimes two tenths of a second is is a big difference for you to not be cut from a team especially at that age when they're getting ready for, you know, even volleyball. It's, it's huge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the, this, uh, this kids program, I think is pretty epic because it takes quite a bit of special patience to work with children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dusty's a, was a great choice to start this program with us because he used to coach kids in hockey. So he had the background of working with kids, but he's also been on our weightlifting team for years and years. So it was great when uh, he was interested in getting his USAW cert. He was a great addition to our coaching staff. So, so let's, yeah. let's say that, you know, theoretically, let's say like, a, hey, I'm, I'm moving to the Bay Area or whatever, and I'm going to bring my almost 10-year-old to your club. All right. So what are the things like you look for? Like if I were to have my daughter, Alex, come in and say, hey, this this is mama's friend here and this is Coach Dusty. 
And so they're going to have to work with you in the program. I mean, what do you look for? Do you, I mean, I would think attention span or yeah, I mean, definitely flexibility. How do you, and with kids at different levels, how do you navigate that where one's just like blown away PRs, the other one's like barely able to keep their back straight. I mean, it's kind of like parents not playing favorites. How do you do that? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we don't generally look for something specific because we'd like to be able to help all of the kids out. But yes, they probably need to have a certain amount of attention span just because you also have to stay on your horse stall mat and you need to, you know, follow directions. What we do actually for all of our programs is we normally have potential clients drop in for about a week first. So they just pay the drop in fee and we make sure it's a good fit from both sides, right? Is this what they're looking for? Do we think we can help them out? Because I suppose you could, in most cases, it all works out, right? But I suppose you could, in some cases, maybe have a nine-year-old that is not able to pay attention well enough where we think they can be safe. Like I said, that hasn't happened yet, but I suppose it could. And then maybe we would want to look at doing something different with them. So far, Dusty's pretty good about that, though. I, I imagine he would be able to give them more GPP work to do, maybe less work with the barbell, you know, if that was the right, the right path to go down. And then as far as, you know, or sometimes we might, maybe we decide that someone needs more one-on-one sessions initially. That's what I was thinking. If they need more like custom one-to-one ratio, what's a GPP? General physical preparation. (laughs) So that would be the like box jumps or conditioning. Yeah. More, if you're the kids, you really want them to do a lot of everything. You don't want them to specialize, right? You want them to do lots of different movements. You want them to do some front squats. You want them to do some pulling movements. You want them to, it's almost like an ob, like an obby yeah, course. I thought exactly. it was like an obstacle, like an obby where you want to keep it fun, like five to seven yeah, movements or something. Maybe some kids bop in the back. Yep. 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 So yeah. So so Dust usually sets up some kind of circuit for them at the end. That's fun. They can do that together. It was interesting, actually. I came by to the youth weightlifting club the other day when he was coaching, and the kids were sitting down at the barbell on the horse stall mat. And I've never really seen, I've never seen any of our adults just sitting on the mat, like with their kind of like their arms on the barbell. And I was thinking, oh, are they on a timeout or something? But then I watched and I realized, no, they were doing like, he was having them do a bunch of singles in the, you know, snatch or the clean and jerk. And I I don't know whether he told them to, or they decided to, but the class would do a lift and then they would just sit down kind of cross-legged. So, you know, for for him to be able to do that with uh, children, I mean, that's really some strong attention right there. And obviously he had their respect, which is a big deal. And I know it takes time, too, because kids are like, who are you to tell me what to do? So he probably had to kind of go through the the children's hazing phase or whatever you might want to call it. <laughs> he does a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, he, that's he, cool. He does a good job that's... of keeping, keeping them in charge, but making sure they have a good time, you know, because you want them to have fun. Well, so yeah. well, That's fantastic. You guys have the kids program and tied in with uh, Kevin's in and just to kind of make it like we all talk about community based because ultimately y'all end up in the same place and school age nationals and the university. Eventually, these kids probably grow up together at the university world, you know, 10 years. Yeah, let's hope Lifelong so. friendships. Yeah. Lifelong friendships. I mean, I mean, what better way to do it than uh, than over a barbell? I mean, look at us. We've been pals almost two decades. 
That's right. You know, the, the com- that's camaraderie right there. And so with with your gym, are you guys looking to open in a second one? Like if you guys open one a little closer besides the Bay Area, I think we can like work out something. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, over the years, we've talked about whether or not we were going to expand and you know, we've expanded our business differently because we have a connection. We're sort of sister company with uh, Juggernaut Training System. So we've kind of expanded in that direction in our online coaching and different Max runs a super total program, club program out of Juggernaut. And so we have some we have some different ways that we're growing. So I so I guess we've grown in a way by offering more of the online coaching. So that allows us to enter into different communities and a number of athletes that are all over the country, a couple that are in Canada. So, and Max, has, Max coaches people all over the world. He has athletes in Japan and, and Australia and England, all over the country. Yeah, so it's kind of a neat way to support other communities. That's one thing that the pandemic has pushed us apart a little bit in different ways, but brought us together in bigger ways. I mean, he's global. You know, and then uh, it actually had it had it not been for Maxigen to start out, then you know this collaborative arrangement wouldn't have happened. And now it's kind of like, who knows? Like we five years from now, when everything is becoming more virtual and everything, and uh, you have like this hologram imaging. I mean, I know it's coming around the corner with things that Elon Musk is coming out with, around, among other companies. I mean, we really are not that far apart, especially now, like with what's happening with, you know, artificial intelligence and such and, and simulations that are happening. It's kind of crazy. Look what happened when we had like, what was that, that meet where, I don't know, how, it was, what was that last meet that happened a couple of months ago? I should know this, right? They, they timed it. It was an international meet and then like person would lift and it would zoom over to another state. Yep, yep. What, what what was that? Was that well, the national junior national? There's been, a, there's been a, a few of them, I think. Uh, I do know that the most recent having, one. It was like real, very well greased competition. Uh, I like think it was, was just the, wasn't it the AO final? No, AO final. Yeah, AO, AO finals. finals. Yeah, and then the AO series was. It was like it's incredible. I mean, I feel bad for the airline companies, but it's really kind of made us think outside the box to keep our community together. So as we are. Maybe about wrapping up uh, with our podcast, you know, coming from, let's say like someone that's wanting to break into coaching. Let's say like for me, I'm done with my lifting. I, I see what Joanne is doing. I like how uh, jo- Joanne Alto's plan is working out. So what would you tell me? Like if I say, hey, I want to do what you're doing. I want to open up a gym and I, I want to make it big. I want to be all over Instagram and have thousands of followers. What are two things that you would tell me? Like start slow. I mean, I need like, what would be like the advice you would give to someone that wants to kind of chase after your shadow to, to eventually make their own? What would you say? That is a good question. Okay. So as far as getting into coaching, let's see. I, I suppose it depends on how much experience you have. For for me, most of my philosophy comes from my own experience as a high-level athlete. So, I mean, that's a lot of it. And then I guess making sure you have good mentors. You know, I've had, in addition to Jim Schmidt, you know, Max, uh, Max Ada is one of my biggest coaching mentors, Chad Wesley Smith. So he coaches me from Juggernaut. He coaches me in powerlifting. So there's so much that you can learn 
from your coaches. So making sure that you are coached by people that you respect and you want to learn from is really important. Not being afraid to have a coach. So I am a coach, but as an athlete, I always hire a coach. And so I know some people think that, oh, it's going to make it look like I don't know what I'm doing or something if I have to hire another coach. I, I, I have a totally different philosophy. I believe that if you value coaching and you are a coach, then you would also value that it makes sense for you as an athlete to have your own coach, right? That is ownership. That is walking the talk. Let me tell you that, you know, uh, that's that's deep. That really is to... When, when it's it's humbling, but a lot of people mistake that as like, oh, maybe you're not confident. It's like sometimes you need a different set of eyes and you can't really physically watch yourself from the side. What better way than someone's actually played the game and played it well? But that says a lot of you as a coach and of, of you as an athlete, a competitive elite athlete to hire an, a coach. I mean, I've had my teammates and they critique me and I actually will send video, whatever, if I need to like Leo or, or I'll talk to Mike Bergner. Cause I, th I think that really makes it stronger is to have more than that's, that's, that's epic. Seriously. <laughs> it's really important, you know, and of course the more mature you are as an athlete and as a coach, you can take that with you and become an even better athlete. Right. Or you can have a slightly collaborative effort with the, with your coach. So that's one piece. And I have coached myself and I can write my own program. I can do it. And sometimes it's useful, but sometimes like, especially if I really want to focus on a goal, I don't want to have to think about adjusting my program or how to write my program. If I can put a hundred percent of my effort into being an athlete when I'm being an athlete, then I'm just going to be better off for that. Right. So I, I think that's important. And as far as for sure, as a coach, you want to always be learning. So you don't want to get stuck in a place where you think you know everything. So I believe that that's a huge piece that has helped both Max and myself over the years is that, you know, despite Max taking athletes to multiple senior American records, taking athlete Alyssa Ritchie's Pan American champion, or, you know, she fought for a spot for the Olympics, that even at that level, Max has taught me to never believe that you know everything. And so, you know, we change our minds. There are things that we were instructed as coaches a few years ago that we like learn differently and learn how to adjust and change. And so to constantly be educating yourself and not be closed off to learning more, knowing that there's more than one way, that's really important. That is, I would, that's extremely important. That's, you just do that one thing and stay in learner mode. And like you said, don't think if you, you know, know everything that you're not going to be open to improving and making those changes necessary to elevate yourself to the next level. That is, that's like, that's a really good pearl of wisdom that doesn't just, that applies on and off the platform. Always yeah, be yeah, the student. So again, thank you so thank you so much. That is I have nothing to say. That 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 one is hard to top, you guys. So <laughs> as, uh, Joanne Ada. <laughs> seriously, thank you so much for making time and you're a legend. Your your numbers don't lie. It's math and pound for pound, man. You're 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 solid, man. And we'll make sure that we'll post your website and your videos. And we want to make sure that we grab your email address so that people can reach out and contact you should they have to be in your area and would like to, to try Great. out that, that week pro program with you or have some questions Great. about the macro Absolutely. and mesocycles and such. 
So again, I don't want to hold you up because I know you have a two o'clock coming up. And uh, it's just an honor, a pleasure to just have a friendship with, with such a high caliber person. And we wish you and Max's gym to continue to flourish and, and teach to many generations to come. So without further ado, um, we're going to let you go. And uh, thank you again for joining Apex Trainings podcast with us. Thanks so much, Jackie. Thanks for having me. And that was uh, Joanne Ata. We will let you know when this podcast will air. And again, if you like what you saw, please subscribe to our podcast and we'll catch up with you then. Thanks again. Stay safe. Keep going strong. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast presented to you by Apex Training Gym, where our goal is to provide you with workable ideas and sound training concepts to give you the optimal leverage you need to move anything in the gym and in your life. Because when you change your mind, you change your life.